Welcome to the Messy Wonderful Podcast, where we're spilling all the deets on how we travel with little kids and a bigger family, plus tons of insight into our family's adjustment to our oldest son's diagnosis with autism at age three. Hey y'all, I'm Kimberly, wife, mom to three kids ages five and under, full-time CPA, and now blogger. So grab your coffee, glass of wine, it's a Diet Dr. Pepper for me, and let's do those dishes, the laundry, chauffeur those kids around, or whatever you have on your task list today. We'll do it together because life may be messy, but it's oh so wonderful. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Messy Wonderful Podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode because it's sort of personal and it's not something that I would have thought to share right off the bat, but we've gotten a lot of questions from friends. We've actually gotten a lot of DMs on Instagram asking us this question. So I thought I would record a quick podcast episode and share it with all of you. And what we've been getting asked a lot is, how are we preparing Hunter for the new baby and for the transition? And I think that this is a timeless question that all parents ask, whether you have neurotypical children or neurodiverse children, even depending on the age of your children, right? We all wonder how a new baby, a new addition is going to affect our other kids. And it's really funny because the girl who does my nails, um, she's been doing them for a while and she, her oldest is a hunter as well. And her oldest hunter is our Beckett's age. And so she asked us, she's like, how are y'all talking to Beckett about the new baby and preparing him? And I must've been like, I don't know, 30-ish, 32-ish weeks at the time. And I was like, girl, I don't think we've talked about the baby with Beckett at all. I don't I don't think we've pointed to my belly and said baby, but maybe once if he's lucky. And it's just so funny because I was like, but but y'all need to talk to Hunter about it. And I'm sure y'all are talking to Hunter about it and you're stressing about it. And I did too when, you know, I was pregnant with Gage. We, I mean, we were over preparing Hunter at 20 months for this new baby coming. So it's just funny how you change, you realize that it's not that big of a deal. It is a bigger deal, I think, for first children because they're used to being alone. Beckett is not used to being alone. He always has his brothers. So this isn't quite the shock for him as a third child as it is for a first child. He's never going to be alone. So I just want to leave with that, that I think as parents, this is something that we all worry about. We worry about how will our hearts grow enough to love another one? How will our kids react to another one? And it all just has a way of working out and being magical and just getting better. I mean, having having another baby to love just makes things better. I mean, it's going to make things more chaotic too, especially in the beginning. And, you know, that's that's a whole different podcast for a whole different day. But ultimately, I think it's going to go well. I'm not really stressing. You know, of course, I'm worried. I want, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about the plans of how I'm going to make sure that I spend quality time with each of the boys individually while, you know, still attending to the baby's needs. And that's always been a focus after each delivery, but you know, it's, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And they are all going to be lifelong best friends. So if you are a parent and expecting and worrying about this too, I encourage you to, you know, think about the things that you can control and just kind of let go of the rest because I promise it all has a way of working out. Specifically related to Hunter, because especially if you listened to episode 18, where we talked about 
a lot of hunters like nervousness and anxiety that comes with big changes and transitions and being put out of his routine. He has a lot of anxiety around that. So we do worry, of course, what this big change is going to mean for him. And Hunter battles within himself the excitement and the anxiety. That's a huge battle for him. I know it. I've learned it over the last couple of years. So we've been really proactive. Of course, he's excited. I mean, y'all, Hunter is so excited for this baby. He wants a girl. I... I want a girl. We're happy with a boy. We just want a healthy baby and a healthy mom and delivery. But he he wants a girl and I hope he gets his little wish. He would be such a good, protective big brother. But we have been really mindful of trying to prepare him for this. And I know no matter how much preparation we do, that it is still going to be a big change. It is still going to be a big transition for him. There are going to be difficulties that we see with him and usually his tantrums or meltdowns, they manifest in something outside of what's causing it. So I know that he will never take it out on the baby or me, or he is only going to love this baby, but he's going to have these these meltdowns and tantrums in other facets of his life. And we're going, all of our kids are going to need grace. All of them will, will need some grace as we all transition, as we all figure out uh, what our new normal is and our new routines. And, and we adjust to this, this new sweet baby. But here are some of the things that we've been doing to help prepare Hunter. And I would say, we're really only doing these things with Hunter Gage. I don't think that kid could care less about the new baby coming. He's like, whatever. And then Beckett, you really realize that at 20, he's 22 months now. He's so young. He really doesn't even know. And plus he's a third. He's just going to go play with his big brothers. So for Hunter, we've really been reinforcing to him that he's the biggest brother, right? So he's going to be six in November. So he's really into this, you know, he's getting a little competitive. I'm not sure that I like that part of it, but he's really understanding like the differences in ages and that he's the oldest and the things that sometimes he gets to do that that Beckett can't do or maybe even Gage can't do. And so we've been really reinforcing that he's the biggest brother. He's going to have to protect this baby. He's mommy's helper. So he's going to be my one to, you know, bring me diapers and let me know if the baby's crying. And we've just really been trying to prepare him for that involvement that we want him to have when the baby comes and the involvement that I know will make him feel so proud of himself because he really gets so proud when he does something good or he helps out. He wants that his little heart wants to help and wants to do good and wants to be a listener and and just such a good person. And so I think that if we can really hone in on that for him, that the helper side of things and the caring, nurturing big brother, I think that that's going to be such such a help for him. We also talk a lot about just how much of a blessing this baby is to our family, how lucky we are that this baby has been put in our lives and all of the joy that it's going to bring in completing our family and giving all of them another friend and another sibling to love. And so we just keep really reinforcing all of the wonderful things that this baby will bring for us because eventually he's going to realize that, you know, the baby comes with a lot of crying and the baby comes with a lot of needing mom, which takes my time away from him and not being able to do things because 
you know, the baby needs a nap. And so we can't, you know, I think he's already realized a little bit of that because we had to cancel two recent events because I am not allowed to travel outside of like 20 minutes. So I think he'll realize that a little sooner rather than later, unfortunately. But for now, and for the past couple of months, we've really been trying to just focus on the excitement and the good things. I have been letting him read He because he reads. So he, I guess I was looking at the what to expect app, you know, where it tracks how many weeks you are because y'all, this poor fourth baby. I mean, people ask me how far along I am and I'm like, ah, I don't know, roughly six months, seven months, you know, as we were going along. But Hunter from about week four took ownership of the What to Expect app and read every week everything that there was to read about the baby, about the baby's growth, what size it was. He loves knowing what fruit size it is. And he will tell people, all about what week the baby is, what size the baby is. He talks about, I'm like, Hunter, don't go to school and say these were, you know, like <laughs> they're they're very scientific words. I'm like, I don't want your teachers, you know, wondering. I mean, his teachers know that we're expecting, but um, he, he can tell you all probably more about the baby's development week by week than I can. But that really, I think that grounds him. It centers him, those, those facts, those scientific things. That is something that really, really, grounds Hunter and helps him to just stay in his mind in a way that is comfortable for him. And it doesn't lead him to feeling disorganized, overstimulated. It's it's a calming mechanism for him. So I've really let him own the app and the weeks. And he knows on Thursday morning that it's a new week and he can read and, you know, and, and he'll He'll watch the little video and he gives me the update. So that has been a great one for him. So even if your kids maybe aren't old enough to read, let them just look at the pictures. Let them watch the video and listen or something like that. It it really, it helps them to feel involved. We've also encouraged him to tell the, you know, like to talk to the baby. He loves to rub my belly. He'll tell the baby good night. He'll tell the baby good morning. He is my one that is giving the baby kisses. Um, Just today at the grocery, he was like, does the baby like when I rub it and give it kisses in your belly? And I told him, I said, the baby loves when you do that. And the baby is going to love when you rub it and give it kisses and take care of it when it's out of my belly. So it's just, it's starting to develop that connection for him and the baby before the baby's even here. We also, with that, let him feel like the baby kick or move. You know, if I'm sitting down and it's in a spot where, you know, he can come and put his hands on my belly, he will. And he'll just sit there and he'll patiently, you know, wait sometimes if he's just laying next to me. And he gets so excited when he feels the baby kick or move. I mean, his little eyes and face just light up. And that's probably almost as wonderful for me as feeling the baby move inside. Um, they're, they're both equally wonderful and joyous in completely different ways. We also had an in-home ultrasound. Now, you know, because we're in COVID times and kids can't, or at least where I'm going for my doctor's visits, kids are not allowed to come in because we probably would have been fine just bringing them to one of those ultrasounds, but they can't. So we were able to find a mobile ultrasound and this person came to us. She was so, so sweet. And we, they got to see like, you know, the baby's face and 
you know, we talked about how its nose looks just like their noses did. We we took guesses again to see who thought boy and who thought girl. And Hunter, I mean, he was half as excited, I feel like, for the ultrasound equipment, like the computer and the, like, I guess, I don't know, it's not a wand thing, but whatever they put, like, on the on your belly to see it. I think he was equally as fascinated with that. And y'all, it was the sweetest thing. He went and got his junior encyclopedia because she was talking about something, some part of the development. And he had remembered reading in the body section of his encyclopedia about this. I don't even know y'all because the kid's going to be smarter than me in like a year. But he went and got his encyclopedia and he was connecting all the dots. I mean, it was probably one of the best 30 minutes of his life. And I just think it was really, really cool for him to get to see the baby on the inside, like that this really is, you know, that the baby... Um, And I was about 34 weeks at the time. So, you know, baby had really good, you know, facial development. And so he could see everything. She showed him the hands and it was, it was a wonderful experience. And I think it really like made it kind of real for him in a way that still gives us a couple of, gave us a couple of weeks right before he, before the baby actually gets here. And, and, you know, he's seeing the baby in person. He got to see, you know, was actually inside of my belly, especially since my belly is really big now. And then one of the last things that I want to share is we have been trying to make a concerted effort to let him share the news, his version, his own way, however he wants to describe it. If we're out and about and somebody asks about the baby, whether it's, you know, oh, when are you due? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Um, uh, you know, are, are, are we going to have a baby? And even if they ask me directly, I'll say, oh, Hunter, you know, when is our baby going to be here? Or when, you know, tell them if you think it's a boy or a girl. Like I, I try and really loop him back into the conversation to continue that excitement and talking about it. And I I know that he's going to be so excited even when the baby gets here. He's going to be that proud big brother. Like when he starts school and we'll probably have to bring the baby with us when I go bring him for like his orientation days, he's going to be more excited to show his teachers and his friends his new baby than he is going to be about seeing his friends or seeing his classroom or anything like that. And that could last for the first three or four months. I mean, it'll probably take a little while for his excitement to wane. And I, I'm in no rush for that. I want him, I want him to be super excited about this. I want to let him do it in his way, in his time, however he feels comfortable, because I think that giving him the ownership of that and letting him run with the excitement, we then get the excitement to overcome the nervousness, the anxiety, right? It doesn't completely get rid of the nerves and the anxiety, but it really helps us to kind of counteract that and focus on the good and the excitement and all of the wonderful things and hopefully downplay those nerves and anxiety as much as possible. And if you're new to this world of autism with a toddler or a young child, and whether or not you have a diagnosis, a formal diagnosis yet, if you're really starting to question some of the things going on, we actually put together a book guide for the family that has books for your child that is the one with autism or that you might suspect has autism 
for siblings, especially it's really geared towards younger siblings, helping them understand what's going on. And then it also has books for you as parents, as caregivers. And some of these, y'all, I really wish I would have had sooner. Most of these I've only found within the last six to 12 months. And I think that if I would have had them two to three years ago, it would have made a world of difference for me and for Chance in how we understood Hunter, how we helped Hunter. So you can, I will make sure to include the link in the show notes and in the description so that you can go ahead and grab that book guide if you are interested in reading these books. Most of the books that are on this list are not going to be super medical, super doctor jargon because that's not really my area and the word, it doesn't make sense to me if it's too technical. So these were really books that I was able to understand. I was able to walk away and say, okay, I've recognized that in Hunter. Here's a way that we can help him. Here's a way that we can make this better. So I highly recommend that book list if you just really don't know where to start, if you're trying to read up and absorb all of the information that you can, this is a great place to start. And I will make sure to link that for you below. So I hope you found this episode helpful and interesting, especially if you're expecting a little one. Like I said, for Gage, who's three, and I mean, he just, I don't know that he really cares. I'm not stressing. We talk about it. I'll ask him if he wants to feel the baby move. And he's like, not really. And he just goes on playing with whatever he's doing. So I'm sure that you may have one child or or the other or both, one who's super interested, one who's not interested at all. Um, But I just want to remind you at the end of the day that your heart will grow, their hearts will grow, they will become best friends, even if there are times and periods where your kids seem like they're fighting more, because we definitely have that with Hunter and Gage, and then Gage and Beckett, note the common common denominator in those two scenarios. But it's just, it's it's wonderful. It all has a way of working out. And I don't want you to stress about things going well through a pregnancy, through a newborn phase, because it really does all have a way of working out. And we wish you the best. And we hope that you will use these tips, if, especially if you have a child with autism or other special needs to help them prepare for the transition of a new baby. Y'all have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending part of your day with us. If you love today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend. Any resources mentioned today will be linked in the description and you can always find even more details in the show notes. And remember, you can find us over on Instagram at messy underscore wonderful. We hope you'll subscribe to the show so you get notified when a new episode comes out. We'd also be so grateful if you take just a second to leave us a review. We appreciate your reviews and sharing about the show more than you know. See y'all next week.